0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Happiest Pod on Earth. I'm Steph, an educator who uses passions and fandoms to help my students grow and learn about themselves and the world around them.
1: And I'm Ariel, I'm a licensed therapist who uses clients' passions and fandoms to help them grow and heal from trauma and achieve mental wellness.
0: And Happiest Pod is where we dissect Disney mediums with a critical lens.
1: Why? Because we are more than just friends, and we expect more from the mediums we consume. So Steph, what Disney experience are we discussing today?
0: Well, it has been a while since we've talked about any sort of experience because we've been busy, busy people lately. But somehow we both carved out time to attend Princess Night, which is in the realm of after dark events that Disneyland hosts. Um, other events include Oogie Boogie Bash, um, Sweethearts Night. I know they did like a throwback night a couple of years ago. Um, so Princess Night falls into that category. and basically it's all princess themed um this is the first of its kind and Mm -hmm. i know in a previous episode i talked about attending marius nights which did not get renewed this year but um in place of that Me and Ariel decided, hey, let's attend Princess Night and see what it's all about. So today's episode is going to be all about that and what we think of this particular event and all the other night events.
1: And I I think this is a good time to talk about it, not only because we love princesses, um, but also because it's women's. Uh, History Month.
0: Yes, it is.
1: And so celebrating the uh, heroic women of uh, Disney.
0: And many of you guys know or maybe some of you don't know that we have done a whole presentation on Disney princesses and Mm -hmm. we have done a deep dive on what they mean to us, what they mean to women everywhere and how we um, always want to challenge people to think about what princesses and you know, what the role of women play in media, especially Disney movies, media and you know, i guess music even
1: absolutely so in talking about princess knight um because you've gone to an After Dark event, and this was my first one, uh, how does it compare to um, Marius Nights, which is more holiday themed, and so you have a different variety than a very targeted type of uh, IP?
0: Yeah, I think um, the preparation for this one compared to Marius Nights was a little bit different. Um, there's a couple stories that I've heard about Princess Knight not being... Um, popular when it first came out because I think it was released at the same time as Sweethearts Night um, when they released the tickets. And Sweethearts Night is the Valentine's Day event that happens in February and that one sold out really quickly whereas Princess Night did not. Um, they kept advertising it on my Instagram ads and so I was thinking, you know, maybe they didn't sell out as fast as normal Disney events do. And normally you have to like be on your computer getting the tickets like ASAP or else it's your SOL basically. Um, But that didn't happen this time. And I know it, it was pretty open for a while and Marius nights was kind of the same thing, but I think going into Marius nights because it is Holly, uh, Hollywood, it is holiday themed. um, You kind of go into it thinking, Oh, it's going to be one big holiday party. And everyone goes to Disneyland or many people go to Disneyland during the holiday season because it is magical. And we know that it's like celebrating the holidays, but amplified, right? So Marius Nights was that and more. So I think there was also just a precedent set there. But Marius Nights was definitely like... I don't know what to expect, (laughs) but apparently they they wanted to do a little more marketing around the princesses. And um, I shared with Ariel a couple weeks ago that they had released a map of what everything was. Ariel, was that helpful for you that you kind of had that to go off of?
1: I mean, it sort of was. It was really hard to actually plan. And I think I remember when we uh, talked about Marius Nights, one of the things that you said was there was kind of just stuff all over the place. It, and um, maybe uh, now knowing that it would be easier to um, plan things out. But for me, even with the map, because Disney's so big, it was hard to kind of figure out how I was going to do things. And the things that I even wanted to do, I couldn't uh, because of the lines. It was actually, I was was expecting it to be popular. It was a lot more popular event than I had realized, especially being during like a weeknight. I didn't expect so many people to come with their very young children so late in the evening. Was that similar to Marius Nights?
0: Absolutely. And it was winter time still. I know we're going through a very unusual cold front here in Southern California right now, um, which did also kind of take me by surprise because I thought by now we would have like a pretty fair night in Orange County, which is like 70 degrees, maybe 60 at like the very coldest, but. It was 40 degrees at Disneyland after it had experienced snow for the first time like two weeks ago, which was bizarre. Um, But yeah, for Marius Nights, like I knew people were going to bring their kids, but also it is it was during uh, winter break. So it was a surprise, but not too much of a surprise. Um, And I think my event, if I remember, was I feel like it was like a week, a weekend night. At least like a Friday or a Saturday, whereas when we attended Princess Night, we went on a Tuesday.
1: Got turned on a Tuesday.
0: We, we truly did. <laughs> we truly got princess wasted on a Tuesday. But I think it also happened last night, the ninth. I think that was yes. the second date. So they were both weeknight events on a time that normally not a lot of people have off so interesting choice
1: i think the other thing that surprised me which i didn't quite see in the advertising people knew so it must have been out there was there were a lot of adults Mm -hmm. Dressed as Disney princesses, not Disney bounding. Mm
0: -mm. Um,
1: So not color blocking, not like the essence of a Disney character. They were in full ball gowns. I mean, some of these uh, were ornate and intricate. Like Mm -hmm. it was really people stepping into these uh, outfits and gowns and being these princesses. That's usually not allowed in the park and has, aside from Oogie Boogie Bash, from my understanding, has not been allowed. So I I was really, I was shocked. If I'd have known I could have worn a ball gown, I'd have done it.
0: <laughs> Same. And it would have kept us warm because we were freezing <laughs> um, by like 11 o'clock. But I think you're absolutely right. I Sometimes I couldn't tell whether it was a Disney actor or just a participant um, of Princess Knight because some of these people, they had amazing outfits, and they had partners um, that had matching outfits. And I I thought they were the ones, I thought they were the princesses, but they were also in like to take pictures with the princesses. I'm like, okay, (laughs) kind of confusing there. But I mean, kudos to them for knowing and just, you know, randomly just having their princess outfit ready and raring to go. Um, But definitely from the things that I've read is maybe that was like an ins- an influencer insider thing oh. in the community of people who cosplay as princesses. Because when we go to WonderCon, you do see Disney princesses around because normally WonderCon takes place in Anaheim. So it's like, you know, you double dip by going to Disneyland and, you know, going to WonderCon. But definitely that was the first thing that me and Ariel said to each other when we met up. Like, did you know you could wear a ball gown? No. Did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> and just that disbelief and like, yeah, because again, because it was cold, we did not know what to wear. And with these after dark events, you c- it's a toss up because it's Orange County and we're used to a certain type of weather there, even as regular Disney goers. Um, And yeah, this one was kind of hard to plan around.
1: Yeah, outfit-wise, we ended up, my uh, partner James and I did end up Disney bounding as Ariel and Eric. Um, And Eric was so easy. It's just a white shirt, (laughs) some blue pants, and like a red sash, which uh, for the sash, he like used an old uh, uniform from like uh, ROTC, I think it was. He'll correct me if I'm wrong, but whatever, (laughs) He, he used an old sash from that. Uh, and then for me, I had some mermaid tights uh, or leggings. And then, like, I tried to wear a tight shirt underneath for extra warmth that was long sleeve. And then another shirt over it, which was from Disney World. And it was the Ariel Mermaid jersey from Disney World from when mm-hmm. they opened the grotto. And that was, like, as Disney bounding as I could get. And then it was jackets upon jackets upon jackets. So Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, yeah, as for me, I have... The majority of my wardrobe if you know me is black i wear black everything um i i was once you know your token punk rock goth chick and it just kind of evolved into you know mom black clothes uh, So
1: very new york street-esque
0: yeah and so all i had were was this nike um, sweatshirt with like a high collar that was more pink than i thought it was when i ordered it during COVID, so (laughs) I don't wear that out at all. And I'm like, well, this is princessy, I guess, color-wise. And then I had uh, uh, leggings and then Air Maxes that have a little bit of pink in them that I was supposed to wear for my baby shower, but never wore because I dressed up as Alice. So that was, you know, totally not what I was planning to wear. Um, And then a big old puffy jacket because I was cold and I was more concerned Of what I was going to dress my children in because they are so young.
1: Yeah, you were one of the people who uh, brought brought kiddos, but yours don't go to school.
0: No, they do not go to school, so they didn't have to worry about waking up in the morning and you know, no low stakes there. Um, And yeah, my husband did not dress up. I he just wore a comfy sweater, (laughs) and you know, we were super laid back. But then I think that's the thing when you go to these things and you do love to dress up Disney bound mm-hmm. mm-hmm. as we do for special events. You kind of feel like you're missing out when you're not completely dressed up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't feel uh, as integrated or uh, with the vibe, <laughs> so to speak in just being regular clothing wear. Not like there weren't people that uh, works. So there definitely were. I think the, the thing was it, um, it just felt more fun i i, I could just yeah. see people really enjoying themselves because again you don't get to go to the park dressed up mm-hmm. in full costume that's that's not allowed uh, so the the fact that they allowed it for this event uh, would have been nice to to be a somewhat rule breaker <laughs>
0: Yeah, I saw so many cool costumes under huge jackets. And then when people wanted to take their picture in front of the castle or on Main Street, they (laughs) were like really toughing it out to not freeze over and like look as cute as possible. So kudos to them. Um, Bravo, if you were one of those people, because I commend you for doing it for the gram. Yep, doing it for the gram. Uh,
1: So Princess Wise, uh, the princess that I didn't get to see, which you never see at the park, which is why I was all excited to see her, was Princess Key from uh, Atlantis there was a reason
0: (laughs) yep so one of the biggest complaints that I was reading in you know a lot of the comment sections of you know influencers that I follow is that the lines to take pictures with these princesses were absolutely insane I'm talking about like one to two hour waits
1: you and I both, um, we took a picture with Moana, and then I took a picture with Pluto when we first got there because the event hadn't started yet. Um, so just like Marius Nights, you're able to get in like uh, two hours before the official start of the event to be able to just kind of enjoy Disneyland. And the two things that we did that were like off event time <laughs> was took a picture with uh, Pluto, and then we uh, grabbed some food and then booked it all away to uh, the actual um Ride uh, the new one that they built in Disneyland, uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Say that three times fast. <laughs> yes, and
0: and that was not part of the Princess Night agenda at all, but. Ariel went on the ride before I did, and she's raving about it. And I knew that it was super, super cool. I did not get to ride it when I was at Disney World. So I was really excited to see um, how it was this time. And Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. even though it wasn't a a Princess Knight thing, I did not regret it at all because that ride is so cool. Did
1: not regret it. Uh, It is um, essentially based off of the one in Paris Disney for Ratatouille, and then they built one, I believe you said, in Disney World as well, right? Before we even got one.
0: Yeah, at Hollywood Studios. Mm -hmm.
1: So, okay, when I say that it's built similar to the one in Paris, Disney, uh, the actual way the track is made, which is that it's magnetic, you are on a trackless ride and magnets are what's moving the vehicle, not it being pulled on a track.
0: Yes, not actual like tracks that are metal. Um, Yes. yes. Very similar also to Rise of the Resistance, which Mm -hmm, is, you mm -hmm. know, the second most popular ride right now. (laughs) Now
1: they created that design or functionality for that specific ride in in Paris Disney. And then they created other rides that use that functionality um, here in the the parks in the States. And so there's the Rise of the Resistance and then Mickey's Runaway Railway was essentially themed as if you're going into a theater. And ours here is based off of the El Capitan, which is an old theater that Disney bought out and shows only Disney like movies or Disney products in um, and has a, we've talked about it on the show, like really fun entertainment and the, before the movie even starts, um, so sometimes it's a organ player. A lot of times uh, it's 15 different curtains. <laughs> <that go laughs> yes. up. Um, now, even though that's the style they went with, but allegedly here it
0: comes all (laughs) here it comes
1: looks like a 50s diner the colors are 50s diner it does not look like art deco there was one art deco thing and it was a light and that's it so it's only grape it's the only one
0: (laughs) yes so the el capitan is one of the you know the most iconic and oldest theaters in Los Angeles and of course Los Angeles in its heyday was in the 1920s 1930s when you know all the production companies were booming out here Um, silent movies to movies with sound and when you step inside the El Capitan it's beautiful because it is kind of dark it's kind of um, you know their art deco style is a lot of like golds and like blacks and a lot of, you know, those sort of themes. But when you step into the El Capitoon Theater in Tombtown, it's more like Flo's V8 Cafe at Cars Land. Yes. (laughs) And the one in Hollywood Studios that I have not been inside yet is modeled after the Grauman's Chinese Theater in Hollywood as well. But even if you go into that theater, it's the same dark art deco style of, you know, the Hollywood heyday. So, I mean, it's Toontown. So we gotta we gotta be a little, you know, gracious to them for, you know, picking colors that are very kid-friendly and bright. It's kind of consistent to the same style as uh, the Monsters Inc. ride when you go inside where it's kind of bright. You know, that's supposed to feel like the DMV, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> like, which is never bright <laughs> which is never bright but it feels like the DMV in there because you know you're going on Mike and Sully's car but anyway I digress
1: <laughs> now uh, when you're walking through you see old movie posters quote-unquote uh, for famous films but um, uh, they are takes off of other Disney merchandises and instead of like the actors and actresses that play them they are uh, as if the tune characters are playing them um so a lot of um, I think uh my our friend Chance and I we were uh, sharing photos that we took um that's when I first read the ride of the different movie posters we had and there was one that was really confusing to us and it was like a uh parent trap but it was the chipmunk trap and it was chip and dale as the two parent trap children but still daisy and donald duck and i'm like why would daisy and donald duck have chipmunk children why weren't they Huey Dewey and Louie like i'm not understanding this <laughs>
0: And that is what we call a reach. (laughs) It was a reach. They tried. There were some good ones. Yeah, I feel like if they really went for it, they would have to pick some pretty obscure characters.
1: The one that we were really cackling about was the Hocus Pocus one. And it had uh, Clarabelle. I was like, they don't do her wrong. (laughs) Kathy or (laughs) Jimmy.
0: (laughs) <laughs> they needed a third female that was part of the, you know, Mickey and Minnie animated series. But once you cross off Minnie and you cross off Daisy, who do you have left?
1: Yeah, we were trying to figure out if there was anybody else in the the crew that could have been her. And it was like that one chicken.
0: Oh, yes, yes, yes. I think I know who you're talking about. But see, even that it took me a while. Um, then I feel like that goes back into, you know, female representation (laughs) in old cartoons and how when they adapt them to more modern structures, there isn't an equivalent. So there has to be some sort of a reach um, because it has developed over the years, which is great. But um, I think that's like a really great example of, you know, how Disney has had to adapt throughout the years because there was a lack of female representation.
1: Huge lack. Okay. And so in... Talking about female representation in Princess Knights, um, uh, who were the princesses that were there?
0: The ones we saw or the ones we read about and never saw?
1: We're going to have to say that all of them that were said to have been there and then who we got to see
0: and who surprised you who was not a princess? <laughs> it's great that they gave out the map because we knew where we were going, but I mean... Disneyland is pretty popular so I kind of know where I'm going but I need a I needed a little bit more information on where I could find the special things that were specific to Princess Knight and I know they line they they outlined that um we're on on the I was gonna call it the menu the map um they had categories of all the lands and who was gonna appear in the lands but they didn't specify where in the lands they were going to be so Fantasyland of course because it's Princess Knight had like a laundry list of princesses like maybe like 10 of them, (laughs) you had to find them. So not only was it a scavenger hunt to find where these princesses were, um, some of them were out in the open. Like Sophia the First was in that little theater where they normally do the Tangled show. Ariel was in front of the pond grotto that um, King Triton's statue is in, that makes sense. And they had bubbles behind her, that was That was very beautiful, super cute. Um, And then they had Princess Ada that was like tucked in a corner, like on the side that we saw. (laughs)
1: Princess Ada from uh, A Bug's Life, if you don't remember her.
0: From A Bug's Life, yes, um, love her, and you know she's a huge aunt, so who could miss her? And and then after that, you kind of didn't really see anyone. Oh, S- Snow White. Sorry. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Snow White was in the the wishing well
0: where she has her statue.
1: Allegedly, who else was at Fantasyland?
0: Yes, and that that was the thing. So you found the princesses, but then when you tried to find the end of the line to where you needed to stand in order to get a picture with them, it was almost near impossible because it was just a sea of sneaking around.
1: It felt like Comic-Con. <laughs> and I only ever saw like two people with the end of the line signs.
0: Yes, and that was very Comic-Con-esque of end of the line signs because that signifies that the line is so long that you have to have somebody sing where the end of the line is.
1: So allegedly, who else was at Fantasyland was Aurora? Yes. Belle, Elena of Avalor? Kida, Merida, which I don't know what she was doing there uh, because ended up, um, this is from the map because she mm-hmm. ended up being somewhere else. Um, uh, uh, Mulan, Raya. <laughs> uh, I didn't see none of those fools.
0: <laughs> so we we ended up splitting up at one point because um, we took the kids on It's a Small World. And then on the way back, I saw Mulan, but not as Mulan. It was Ping. <laughs> so <laughs> she was in her military outfit it was not princess is princess ishmulan it was ping and the line to ping was crazy because we don't see ping very often which is i think that's cool that you know she was ping um however if, if you're saying she was in Fantasyland, land that's really i know it's considered fantasy land but you're in like it's a small world territory i think that should be its own land because it's the huge walkway and then it's a small world and then you have the theater to the side where they do lion king which is where merida was and we did um a cool little uh, game of archery there that was, you know, a cool little wait, but also not really long because it was when the event started. So naturally, of course, because there's archery there, Merida was there too. But if you walked into it saying, I really want to see Merida, you would have had to walk the far reaches of almost (laughs) Toontown in order to find Merida in a corner with huge archery sets.
1: Yeah, it it was weird that the map didn't have like the actual like dot that showed where each princess was. And then allegedly the other princesses that were there, I guess, uh, in Disneyland, uh, we saw Moana in Adventureland um, and we walked by Jasmine. That line was ridiculous.
0: It was the whole line of. Jungle Cruise,
1: the entire thing, and then New Orleans Square Tiana, which makes sense, but I didn't see her. I don't know where she was. She had to have been on the boat. That's the only thing I could think of.
0: Yeah, she had to. Have been, yeah, because you even made it towards Club Thirty Three, mm-hmm. and you didn't see anybody back there, right?
1: Nope, nope. And in Frontierland was Pocahontas, which I would have loved because again, she doesn't get to come to the park that often. I didn't see nobody in Frontierland.
0: I saw a line, so we walked around from uh fantasy land through like where big thunder mountain was there was a line there but i the princess was not out yet so i'm wondering if that was pocahontas because it was right next to big thunder mountain but i didn't see and also i think that's another thing you see a line but you don't know who it's for it would have been nice to have a sign saying this is where pocahontas is or even just like a backdrop because at marius nights they had huge um holiday postcards that were themed and drawn by many of the artists that like contribute to wonderground and you know the disney galleries and that's how you knew that was a photo op because it was like a huge backdrop and i think that would have been something that you know they could have incorporated for us to know hey this is pocahontas or you know not just looking for bubbles behind ariel you know And you think about it right you're in line for an hour to an hour and a half for each of these princesses there's about at least 20 of them and you only have from six nine o'clock until one o'clock in the morning And not everybody's out from 9 to 1 in the morning. And then you want to eat. You want to do all these things. I I get that you're trying to saturate the event so that there's something for everyone to do. But I think when you put things that everyone wants to do (laughs) all at once, it creates, like, a problem. But, you know, again, what would the solutions be, right?
1: I have a few ideas. But before we get to solutions, the last one which infuriated me um, uh, was that Princess Leia was there. And we never see princess leia she was a f- flip in tomorrowland like why do we build batu that's supposed to be integrated in the star wars universe and sh- she can't be there uh, th- i that boggled my my mind why she i get the star cru- cruises in tomorrowland but that's it that's it that's all that's there yeah i the didn't get it
0: millennium falcon is yes. in batu that could have been
1: in the backdrop <laughs> of the photo
0: there's so many open spaces in batu that i think could have been utilized um you could have even had Mm -hmm. fennec shan there i think you know it would have been really cool um and yeah i i think that was a missed opportunity i i get maybe that they're trying to keep all of the traffic into the main disneyland area for staffing purposes if i'm thinking you know managerially but i think if you're really just staying true to the content and the source material it would have just made sense for her to be over there
1: and I think managerially, again, if you're talking about trying to get people in specific spots, you could have had her be like one of the first princesses that came out, most people in the back of the park, and then that area sort of closed down and they're migrating towards the front. And then and then it's like you as an attendee just has to make a sacrificing choice. Do I want to start in the back to and wait in those lines or do I want to be more towards the front where I can have some other things to do?
0: That's another thing that um, is very tricky about these events is where you start <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and where you end up, what your priorities are because yes, they give you two hours to enter the park beforehand, but you're battling against everybody who was at the park already. So you're already you know, battling lines and battling crowds and it's a little bit confusing. So you're wasting a lot of, not wasting, but you're expending a lot of mental and physical energy just getting through the parks and trying to situate yourself. And then by the time the event actually starts, you're like, oh my gosh, what do we do? (laughs) Cause you're in like regular park mode and then you have to switch to event mode. Um, which is I think what happened with us because we did want to experience Runaway Railway. And I think that's a whole nother layer because what if you don't regularly go to the parks and you attend this event and you want to ride the rides, but how do you ride the rides and do all the princess stuff at the same time you can not
1: there's no way you would have had to make a choice if you were going to do the special event things only or if you were going to do one special event thing in the ride the things that we did get to do a bow and arrow shooting uh, and i made my first shot and then the rest two were <laughs> crappy but it doesn't matter because i beat my partner who made no shots go me <laughs> um we also saw like Every hour, uh, Giselle just rolling around.
0: <laughs> yes, Giselle from Enchanted, which I think that was the highlight of many people's experiences because we don't see Giselle very often. And if you are listening, lady who played Giselle, you could pass for Amy Adams impersonator hands down because so many people were like, was that really her? And, you know, she's waving about and like doing the things. That you- she's so physically animated that... And we're all tired at this point, people. It's like nine, ten, eleven o'clock, so we're delirious. It, it could have fooled me. I would have thought that was Amy Adams, and they just probably paid her a fat check to be there.
1: Yes. I, 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 if someone had told me that she, that was her, I'd have been like, oh, yeah, okay. Bet.
0: <laughs> Bet. <laughs> But that was a nice surprise, and they did a little fanfare for her. There were projections, right, on Main Street and the castle.
1: Okay, so there were actual projections, and then there was supposed to be, like, a projection show on the water, but there wasn't projections, really. And it was soaring melodies under the stars. So they were playing all the Disney princesses I want songs. And I was expecting Fantasmic. I didn't get it, but it wasn't bad. I, I think from the the way the map read and the, and the stuff that I was reading... Uh, it said inspiring musical performance, but it didn't put live. So I had no idea it was going to be sung to.
0: That was when we split up and I was like, oh, I'm, we're going to watch a projection. And so I'm thinking it's a projection because that's what they do during fireworks. They project things onto Tom Sawyer's Island. And I mean, that's just what I expect. When we were walking up, I hear the theme song and I think it was it was um, how far I'll go from Moana. And I was like, oh, OK, cool. It's 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 Moana time. I hear her singing and I'm like, oh, I hear breathing and I hear Someone singing and I'm like oh this is a live performance and they did have the princesses come around the rivers of America in like that float I guess you want to say
1: <laughs> the first song they did was Colors of the Wind with Pocahontas and she actually was dancing on the island
0: oh okay so she
1: wasn't even on those weird tiny boats like she was she was feeling all the colors of the wind <laughs> all throughout that island like she was leaping like it was it was very gorgeous but so far away it would be hard to it was hard to see her if you weren't like actually at the fence and I was at the fence like I could put my phone through it Yeah. and then it was um, it might have been Moana first and then Merida and then um, Tiana and I think that was it
0: it was a live performance which was lovely I think it was great the performance did a fantastic job and they had pyrotechnics yeah they did they did it wasn't full on fireworks but it was to the extent of like phantasmic fireworks not as not as much but there were pyrotechnics so um i don't think that was said anywhere in the map right
1: no it wasn't and i'm looking at it right now the map literally says an inspiring musical performance with special appearances by disney princesses so that and it says it's on rivers of america so that makes it sound like Again, uh, I I guess performance could have meant like dance, but I would have not thought live singers.
0: Vague. (laughs) Yeah, we got to watch that. I I got to eat one of the featured foods. (laughs) I wanted to eat more, but I did not get to.
1: Something else we did not get to do uh, uh, like we wanted to.
0: (laughs) First of all, there was a high tea advertised that you had to make a reservation for. And Ariel, do you want to kind of... Elaborate on what that process was, because we, we sent you on that mission.
1: <laughs> yes. So while you and the kiddos were on It's a Small World, my partner and I just like booked it straight to Cafe Orleans at, in order to try and do the high tea service It was, it's a prefix tea service um, and it had a variety of things um, including like short ribs caviar egg crab avocado toast then plant-based option if you were somebody who is a vegan or vegetarian and a strawberry shortcake they had blueberry almond sconce like all these lovely wonderful things that like we are all about We get there and they said, the walk-up menu is already full. You have to make a reservation. However, the app isn't working. And I was like, okay. And they're like, so just come back at 10. My partner gets in line for a popcorn bucket that was special for Princess Knight, which is Cinderella in her wedding dress in her carriage. Popcorn bucket is the carriage.
0: Yeah, also, did you know they started selling them today in the parks?
1: <gasps> disrespectful. They said it was for Princess
0: Night. That's what I thought too, but I just wanted to sneak that in there. But anyway, go on. Oh,
1: disrespectful. Well, I got one first, so there. You did. It's beautiful. It
0: was beautiful. And <laughs> it, it like knocked people over. It was great.
1: <laughs> the performance for Rivers of America is at like 9 hmm Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was. Okay, okay. I'm getting my timelines right. So it's 930. So I want to save the spot uh, in front of the Rivers of America. My partner's getting popcorn bucket. You and AJ are coming back from uh, it's, It's a Small World. You and AJ stop to get the yummy treat which we'll talk about um, the only yummy treat and then my partner uh, cannot find me at the rivers of America so he just decides to get back in line at New Orleans Square uh, because it's almost it's it's now like 9.45 9.50 the show's been going on and he uh, wants to be able to try and get the walk-in menu or whatever because the lady did say come back at 10. The woman is at standing at the podium he's there at 9.50 so that's before 10 and she goes oh well the reservations are back open on the on the app. So we're not taking any more walk-in ones. You have to do it on the app. He tells me that, and we're both frantically looking at the app. And I'm like sending messages to stuff while I'm trying to like listen to these beautiful performances <laughs> about like apparently we can make reservations to the app. I don't know how we were expected to do that. I, I really don't, because the app definitely kept shutting down. It didn't say anything about a special menu. I don't know where I was supposed to go. So this is another one of those things where it's like if people seem to have hidden knowledge. It doesn't say anywhere where that we were allowed to, like, have this as a, a thing that we could reserve. In fact, when, I, we lo- when we went in at 6 p.m. and I was just looking at reservations for dinner, they all stopped it at 8. Like, there were, they weren't taking any more after that on the app because it was a private event after that. So, I don't know if there was, like, a special, like, button.
0: Was there a Google form that we had to fill out? <laughs> like, I don't know. Was there, like, a survey monkey that was put out that I didn't know about? <laughs> I mean, it was kind of crazy because she told me that, yes, it's on the app. So I'm frantically pushing a stroller, trying to look at this app, but also trying to listen to Moana. And um, (laughs) I have these two churros in my hand. Because... (laughs) on our way back we're passing by where uh the casey jr train is and we see the churro stand and we're like oh churros we haven't gotten one i think there's a special one and then i see the tiny tiny sign that's in front of the register it says blueberry cheesecake churro and aj loves blueberry and i so do i but he loves blueberry and i love cheesecake so i'm like no we're getting this and you know i'm texting ariel like hey do you want a churro and she's like yeah and so we get in line super quick um and then we get our churro but the churro comes with like a. It's like a dipping cream. Yes, dipping cream. So it was a dipping cream. So I'm like holding these things and like putting it in my stroller and trying to like hold up these churros because there's no way to, you know, sanitarily, that's even a word, put a churro down without holding it up. So whatever, I'm holding it and I'm trying to check the app to like find out what high tea is or where high tea is. And it's so dark around the rivers of America that I could not find remotely where Ariel was, nor where James was. Apparently I had passed him and stood like four people away from him without even me knowing and he was wearing a white shirt so i was looking for eric like color block eric and i couldn't find him because it was so dark i truly don't think it needed to be that dark because it wasn't a projection that we expected because it was a fully lit live show i think it was a little too dark and they were doing construction in the back in new orleans squares which is why we all couldn't find each other by the time we all reunited we were just like we're tired of trying to figure out this high tea thing forget it let's just eat this churro because i took one bite of that churro (laughs) And I don't know if it was because I was tired, I needed sugar or something, but wow, was it the best churro that
1: I've had? It was the best churro ever. I think it was because we were starving. Because <laughs> before that, the only thing we had eaten was the like um, tots, tater tots.
0: <laughs> we all, the four adults and one toddler shared a poutine tater tot plate at the Rose Tavern. Yep, yep. So and that was like at seven o'clock and now it is nine and we are starving
1: and none of us had dinner because we were expecting a wonderful meal at the park that was that was princess themed
0: because i've made the mistake and ariel's made this mistake too when we go to the food and wine festival we eat beforehand and then we don't have space for anything at the food and wine festival so we're like we're not gonna make that mistake again and we didn't get to eat anything so we were starving (laughs) but To go in a little bit into detail with this churro. So it's a regular churro. It has like blue and, you know, sparkly dusting on it. The star of the show was that dipping cream because it was as if it was a whipped cheesecake with like blueberry in it. And it was so good, you guys. It was so good. And taking away the fact that we were tired and, you know, kind of upset, um, I think when desserts are really good, they make your mouth water. And I think it made my mouth like water and it it made a churro juicy, which I don't know if that makes sense. But it I love that churro. It was really good.
1: <laughs> it was really, really good. And looking at some of the other uh, menu items, the majority of them were actually all mostly desserts. And I think this is part of when you think of the trope of a princess, you think of very sweet and sugary and all of these things were sweet and sugary even of the things that were maybe more savory we have like cajun honey glazed chicken
0: yeah we had uh, it was spicy wings right
1: oh yes yes the the hula hula one
0: yep and that was at tomorrowland you would have thought from that description that ariel just said they would have been an adventure land because you know when you think of huli huli or anything that has like some sort of polynesian <laughs> um, connotation to it you'd think it'd be there but no it was in tomorrowland
1: it was at galactic grill spicy huli loaded tenders uh, and even though they were spicy they had a sweet tang to them
0: yes they were good
1: and the the reason we sort of went over there was because the magic key holders could pick up like a special gift over at the star wars landing bay and it was a sticker so that was cute i mean aside from that i never saw Leo over there so i don't know i don't know what was going on there and then there was the dance party which i thought was a lot of fun pop princess dance party featuring Vanellope von Schwitz And there were a lot of different uh, people cosplayed, costumed as Vanellope von Schwitz Yeah,
0: I was very surprised. I didn't know she was such a character that people loved. I mean, I think she's great, but she doesn't strike me as... Maybe it's because she invited all the Disney princesses like over in Wreck-It Ralph 2 that like automatically gave her you know, street cred.
1: <laughs> I was wondering like if it was because her clothes are like comfy and it's like you could wear that jacket and not, and you still look like the character.
0: Mm-hmm. Or it's really easy to just put your hair in a ponytail and put a bunch of charms in it. Um, I, Yeah, I mean, the the accessibility of that costume is very high.
1: <laughs> and then there were a bunch of other photo ops that we didn't get to do. I didn't get to take a picture in Cinderella's well it's like a cardboard cutout uh so i thought it was going to be her actual crystal coach that i'm climbing into it's cardboard cutout there was a giant storybook that in between walking to batu and critter country and then when where we sat down to have food uh area that had these windows with glow in the dark marker that people were writing on and it was supposed to be like leaving your mark
0: like you know affirmations and you know how you celebrate yourself and you know others and i think that was kind of cute. Again, a lot of these things had lines. And if you didn't have the patience or just were tired from the night, or if you had little ones, it's very hard to justify. I'm going to stand in this line for 45 minutes to take a picture in front of a cardboard cutout as cute as it is.
1: I really think there could have been more interactive stuff like the and this is where I would say the things that could have helped spread things out. Um, the, like the leaving your mark that immediately actually makes me think of Rapunzel because she paints. Like they could have had a Rapunzel like painting and dancing around painting and then, you know, you can't really stand and take pictures with her, but similar to the dance party, they could have been other people like drawing and painting uh, and you would have gotten a picture of Rapunzel doing those things. It would have been very interactive. That would be like one way to integrate that. I think another thing would have been instead of just taking pictures of Tiana, they could have had uh, a lot of the restaurants have windows where you can watch people cook. I think they could have had Tiana like baking or like being uh, the, the head and like pretending to like tell people what to do. Uh, I think there would have been that those interactive experiences would have been very different than just taking a picture with a character at a park and would have helped with creating more space, especially if you know that that's just where they're going to stay. And you can't really go up and take a picture with them, but you are seeing the interacting, you are going to get a picture. I think that would have helped honor the actual princesses and their characters and who they are. I think that's what I was expecting, which I don't know why I was expecting that, but that's what I was expecting.
0: Well, I think it's, you know, you're bringing the princesses to life, right? You're taking them out of their characters in the movie where that's where they live and you're seeing them out in the open, whereas we don't normally get to see that at Disneyland. They're just really there for photo ops. For me, I thought that they could have utilized things that they already do for Lunar New Year or, you know, California Food and Wine Festival, where they have a coloring station for kids like girls could have colored a princess crown or, you know, a a fan or a mirror or something like the lanyard that they gave us um, for Princess Night was essentially a cardboard Thing with a mirror on it saying, you know, you are the princess, kind of thing, and I'm just like, mm, again, a reach. <laughs> a reach because to me, the it made me think
1: of vanity, which was disrespectful, or the evil queen. But
0: <laughs> I was like, is somebody gonna pop out of my mirror and say, Who is the fairest one of all? Like, what? It was kind of weird, and yeah, my, my toddler loved it because he likes seeing himself in the mirror, but. Other than that, it was kind of like not too sure if this was the move for Marius Nights, they gave you Christmas lights to wear around your neck, which is makes sense because it's a holiday event Um, and and they lit up and they gave that to you for free, whereas if you had to pay for it, it's like upwards to thirty dollars. So you feel like you're getting value out of something that they're giving you for free. And they had like a booklet of details of what the event had. Whereas this one was just a digital map that you had to download prior to the event or know where to get it in your app, which is not easy to find.
1: Despite the fact that they make so much money off of the princesses, that's like literally uh, it, it was it was Cinderella that saved, that saved the company. I feel like they could have done Princess Night a little bit better. I feel like they did some of our princesses a little dirty. Um, again, in thinking about embodying the princesses, as certain characteristics. When I think of Ariel, I think of being very curious. Like there could have been a scavenger hunt. Of, like, dingle hoppers, like, for Ariel, like Mulan strength and having, like, a sword class or something like that. Even with Princess Leia, like, lightsaber class. I knew they used to do, even like, remember the Jedi training with Belle, like, having a library of books that the kids could have picked out, or a living book, maybe that was digital. Those are things that they could have incorporated. I don't know.
0: Yeah, or maybe even like, finding your way with Moana, like reading a map or like Mm -hmm. getting a free map of Mm -hmm. the islands or something like that, or there's easy ways of doing this. And these are things that they have done before in the past. So I don't know if it was just a disconnect of, you know, what they do at California Adventure and how to incorporate that at the Disneyland, or if it's just from what I heard from other people who have thought this too is... Did they just try to fill an After Dark event with a theme and not really think it through? Because that's what it feels like. Yeah. Disney princess culture is a thing. And, you know, the fact that we have dissected it enough as, you know, women and fans of Disney, I think this was kind of a missed opportunity, especially during Women's History Month. Give them the honor and the light that they deserve. I hope they learn from this experience because, you know, After Dark events are really fun. And I know the most popular one is Oogie Boogie Bash because that sells out in like T minus 10 seconds before people are even thinking about it in like May. (laughs) And we have yet to attend one of those, but I know that they've knocked it out of the park with that event. So maybe take some of those elements and these are Disney villains that are kind of obscure too. So they're not even as much in the forefront as our Disney princesses are and yet they're able to make them shine.
1: Now I do know they do have two upcoming after dark events. One's throwback night and the other one is Star Wars night. And Star Wars night takes place during May the 4th actually. So there you go. Um, Hopefully they will learn from this experience. My frustration is that I will find out that, that the other two experiences were were well thought out mm-hmm. um, and that this one will feel like it was just a, a, a spot filler.
0: Yeah. It, it's just one of those things that they just tried and were like, okay, I guess it didn't work, so we're not doing it again. And that was the one that we experienced.
1: <laughs> yes, yes.
0: Um, remind us of the price point of this particular event.
1: Princess Night, two tickets, 129 each. That's basically the price of one-day pass.
0: A one-day pass, however, you only have from 6 to 1 o'clock in the morning, if you're thinking about it. And, you know, for future events, I would say don't bank on going on all the rides because that's not going to happen. Like We are managing expectations when it comes to what we want to do and what we actually got to do. Um, I did not get to eat the escargot thingy-majig that I wanted to eat um, because it was so far. And... Yeah, it it was a little disappointing, but I think even at the end of the night, Ariel, I remember you asked, like, did you get everything you wanted out of Princess Night? And I think at that point, cold and tired and <laughs> like just happy that at least I got one quarter of a wing in my stomach. I was like, yes, I got everything that I needed. I don't know if you f- still felt the same way.
1: I, I'm i so sad that I didn't see Kita. Um, I don't know when I'll get another opportunity. We'll see if they bring her back for some other thing or if they have Princess Knight again and I just like make that my priority just like stand at the line before it even starts. Um, but uh, other than that, I, I did enjoy it because I loved seeing everybody in costume. I think for me, the, the most enjoyment I had was seeing all of the children dressed up. And uh, little princesses, little princes, just all these people running around in their full costume and garb. I, I really, really enjoyed that. I think the other thing that I enjoyed uh, was the archery. Again, an interactive experience that I think uh, they could have expanded in other ways. Uh, and the DJ was really good at the dance party.
0: The DJ was killing it. That DJ was killing it.
1: And a woman, woman DJ. She was doing good with the crowd engagement, song choice, the mixing of the songs.
0: That dance floor was packed. I don't know, it's because people wanted to be warm. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah no that was really good it really set a good vibe over there especially in a place where it's kind of almost dead i feel in that area because star wars has moved on to batu and they're just trying to fill in things at tomorrowland that you know desperately needs kind of a makeover um so it was nice to see a little life over there um and in people embracing that i think for what we experienced and you know we're learning as we go it was good <laughs> but Obviously, things to improve on, which is, you know, always the case. And I think even in our planning, there's things that we probably could have improved on. However, you know, it was really nice to do an after dark event because of the space that was available. I really enjoyed not being body to body with everyone like normally we do. I think the space was really good because, you know, you get to breathe and you get to experience the park in a different way. I just wish that they, you know, could tighten up a few things and maybe not run out of some food. I hope you guys enjoyed our little breakdown of Princess Knight, and let us know in our comments on Instagram or tweet at us at happiestpodgt if you want to let us know about your experience. Um, It felt really good to talk about this again because I know it has been a while.
1: Yes. uh, Catch us also at WonderCon. We will be Mm -hmm. doing a panel that Sunday and we hope to see you in
0: the next podcast. Yep. Thanks for listening. Bye.